inspiration, success stories, expert advice, strategies, new ideas, and amazing conversations. Everything you need to become a great speaker. This is Oscar Santolaya, and welcome to Time to Shine. Hello, and thank you for joining today. Today we have a very special guest. Now we are face-to-face with my guest in here in Helsinki. This next guest we have today is one of the most popular public speakers in Finland in recent years. And many times the hosts tell that he's the man who doesn't need an introduction. But he's, he said that yeah he needs an introduction. So now let me introduce you Petri Rajaniemi. He is the founding partner at FutureWorks a professional collective of frontline thinkers on the future of work and the ever-changing business landscape. Mr. Ryaniemi started his professional career as Secretary General of the Finnish Students' Alliance and has since worked as the Head of Development at Finnish Education Providers and later as the Head of Development at the Federation of Finnish Enterprises. He has personal background in a research-based biotech startup that was a complete and utter failure. Currently, he helps publicly listed and medium-sized companies, as well as public organizations and NGOs, to find a credible future in these turbulent times. When speaking, his aim is to say at least something that no one else says. Hello, Petri. Hello. Very welcome to the show. Thank you. It's an honor to be here. I've been listening to the podcast for quite some time, and and uh, and uh, I was very pleased with the invitation. Oh, thanks a lot, really. Petri, could you tell us now a, a bit more how you how you started your career as a speaker? First of all, I don't necessarily have a, spe- a sort of quote unquote speaker identity. It's uh, for me speaking. It's. Uh, uh, It's really just a way to do to your job. It's it, it's the it's the medium through which you um, you speak your mind. And that's what, my, what, what how I see the uh, speaking from my from my part. I don't. Uh, it's not just uh, how you speak, but what you speak, and 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 the mm-hmm. and the thinking that uh, that comes before the speaking part. That's that's. That's my inspiration. It's um, going through new new stuff and uh, and learning about the world. That's what I feel is is most inspiring to me. But uh, <clears throat> there there is actually a a sort of a moment of realization for me um, in in my speaking career, which is the. Um, I believe it was it, it was the 2011 Nordic Business Forum that was uh, held back then. It was held in Uvascula. Uh, nowadays, the and I have to say I've, I've been there every time. It's it's the without a doubt the best business seminar in the whole of Scandinavia, at least. But in 2011, in in the Nordic Business Forum, uh, there was a quite famous. American uh, inspirational speaker named Les Brown, who was talking at the uh, at the event. I didn't like it. I, I I'm not really too much into that way of of speaking. Uh, 
but Les did a two-hour-long set, which was uh, something like three 30-minute sets that were uh, separated from each other uh, by two sidekicks that came on the stage while the uh, grandmaster was backstage drying his his face or getting refreshed. And um, one of those sidekicks uh, was an American speaker called Clifton Anderson. And uh, he spoke of his uh, story on um, how did he end up becoming a speaker. And purely as a sort of a passing note in in his speech, he said that uh, when he realized that the thing that you get most um, recognition for uh, is it's usually uh, the thing where your expertise differs from the expertise of others the most, which is usually the thing you enjoy the most. Mm. And this train of thought, it was like... Uh, <laughs> As I said, a moment of realization because up up until that point, I thought I was an expert. Uh, I was an expert in the uh, whatever the substance that that that, uh, that was on my desk at that time, and then I realized that that it's not just the substance that you're an expert an expert on, but it's the it's the way you look uh, look at things. It's the way how you uh, uh, make conclusions, uh, and then at the end, what matters is your ability to explain what you see to others, so that they may see what you see, and that's a form of expertise. And. Uh, <clears throat> And the tool there is speaking. I mean, I I had been speaking a lot in my in my previous positions and in, uh, and a uh, lot of audiences ever since I was a uh, I was active in uh, in in uh, student politics and so on. And as I said, I never thought that it was about the ability to present your ideas. I always thought it was the uh, substance. Mm-hmm itself. But then <clears throat> I'd say about seven or eight years ago when I was um, in my early thir- 30s um, and I was doing my, my ordinary job in like in an actual office, in, in, in an actual organization, <clears throat> I was the ninth door on the right in the corridor at the office. And um, during that uh, job, I, I I spoke a lot. And, and when I came home from 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 traveling, and I told my wife how things had gone, um, and she said that Petri, do do you realize it's not normal to get feedback like that? And I didn't. I didn't realize that that the feed, that the feedback that I got got was abnormal in a good way. <laughs> but then <clears throat> when you combine what I heard at Nordic Business Forum and you combine what, what my wife said, that's when it hit me, that, that 
there may be something mm -hmm. worth a look around this area. Oh, ex excellent! Yeah, it's very inspiring. A unique way that you enter into being more more active in mm. in, in public speaking, and from there, how did you start being uh, learning more? How to become better? What What do you? Yes. Well, uh, one thing is that that uh, after you sort of realize that that uh, maybe public speaking is something that you'd like to take a closer look mm -hmm. at, um, you sort of uh, start to go through the idea that that you want to learn, you want to read, you want to look at look at the uh, the uh, YouTube videos, and you want to listen to the podcasts <laughs> uh, and so on about speaking and, and then you come across um, <clears throat> the ancient ethos, pathos, logos mm -hmm. uh, kind of things. Um, in Finland, the way uh, the skill of speaking is taught, uh, it's only uh, taught at the uh, uh, at, at the faculty at the university that, that deals with matters of religion. Rhetoric in, in, in the Finnish education system is seen as a part of, 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 a, of a church service. Uh, okay. And that's, that's the way it's, it's taught, uh, that's the way it's seen. Uh, <clears throat> it's seen as a, um, as a skill that you can acad academically learn, which is uh, You could write a book about uh, public speaking and so on. And then when someone knew you took the book, the assumption is that if you read the book and you do as it says in the book, then you would be a good speaker. But through life, one of the realizations for me that, that becoming a speaker for me is not a, for me personally, it's not a, uh, it's not a process of learning. It's a process of unlearning. Which means, uh, I mean, I was in my um, late 30s when I went pro uh, on, on public speaking. Um, and a lot of people tend to think so that, that you have to be certain, a certain kind of a public speaker. Which means when, when a newcomer comes on stage, he sort of uh, tries to uh, give his own interpretation of a good public speaker. So he's basically putting up an act of speaking good, trying to learn what, what he or she thinks that the audience sees as a good speaker, mm -hmm. and then tries to mimic that. As for me, uh, in my process, I thought that it was really about trying to unlearn myself from the decades of learning of being a good speaker, which means I had to let go of all the things that I thought that good public speaking was about. And the more you let go of that, the more of you mm -hmm. comes visible. And the more of you com uh, comes visible, uh, I feel that the better you are, anybody basically. My, <clears throat> when my youngest da daughter uh, was given her name, she was christened, 
and 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 her godfather and I had a had a chat before that, and uh, and he said, a good friend of mine, Janne, said that a lot of people uh, say that when a child is born, uh, the child is a blank canvas that uh, that the life paints to paint uh, the, the picture on. Mm-hmm. But he said that he disagrees. That's not true, because in actuality, when a child is born, a child is born as a beautiful painting, and then life starts to cover it up with black paint, and the process of unlearning is removing the black paint from the beautiful picture. The demanding part in this is that that you genuinely have to believe that the picture that you're about to uncover is beautiful mm. because if if you're if you're stuck with the image that the way i speak mm. what i have to say and the way i say it's not worthy it's not really that special and it's definitely not beautiful then you have to learn to become beautiful which means painted black and that's what i mean with the uh process of learning or unlearning it's to me it's it's totally about unlearning oh that's really a fascinating point of view and unlearning very very interesting mm. and well i see how how you became the the speaker you are by unlearning very interesting mm. approach <laughs> and i definitely agree <coughs> with that especially what you say that uh, starting with with the beauty mm. the beauty you already have yes and taking off the the black or the yes. the things that are that are not 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 that good. Um, oh, excellent! You mentioned already about saying something that is unique in this inspiration you have in Nordic Business Forum. This speaker mm-hmm. and back to this uh, phrase that he, I I wrote on your introduction. You say that when speaking, your aim is to say at least something that no one else says. Could you elaborate that a bit more? As it's written in, in, in my introduction, uh, I've done a, a professional career before going pro on speaking, which means I've sat in hundreds of seminars mm. in, in the audience. Mm-hmm. And, and when you, especially when you, when uh, I know it's, it's, it's basically the same with, with businesses, but especially with NGOs and, and, uh, lobbyist organizations where you do policy uh, kind of things they're dead boring <laughs> I mean, they, they it's horrendous and and when you do it hundreds of times for a day or two at a time uh, after that time what you realize is 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 they're all of them are basically saying the same thing It's the same. It's the same thing as I said with with the uh, with, with with the unlearning part, which means that it's the same shade of black that everybody paints with. Uh, I know it's a, it, it's basically an idea that that uh, in order for you to be an expert, uh, you have to sound like an expert, you have to look like an expert, and everyone's perception of an expert is about the same, and and. Uh, And when you sit, sit at a few hundred seminars, you get to see the same kind of expert <laughs> with basically just a different tie every time. And, yeah. and, uh, and it's the same stuff. Uh, and, and then everybody 
at, at the end, everybody gave, gives the uh, mediocre three-second golf applause mm. uh, out of courtesy for the uh, speaker. And the... Um, like your, for example, when when uh, Nordic Business Forum came into Finland, I, I mention it again because it, as I said, it, it it had a significant impact on me. Mm-hmm. When it came to Finland, it was a totally new line of business, which means in in Finland we had these dead boring uh, seminars, and then we had the uh, very charismatic, inspirational speaker seminars that that's sort of. Some people went to, but they were more or less too embarrassed to say it out loud anywhere that they were actually going to these charismatic, inspirational speaking seminars. And I felt that that um, <clears throat> what bis- uh, what Nordic Business Forum did was that that, that they came up uh, with an event that uh, did a seminar the, the way a seminar should should be. And that's what I'm aiming to do, is to be the kind of a speaker that I would have wanted to see when I was in the audience. Like being the wake-up call call amidst the boring-as-hell kind of seminar. And that's what you, in, in that process, what you have to find is, is, first of all, you have to see the essence of what it is that people usually see. And then... Like when I go up on stage, it, uh, one of the things that I say is that 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 uh, I'm not trying to change the way uh, you see the world. Mm. I mean, you you can keep your previous image of the world. What I'm trying to do is to add mm. to it. So when you listen to this, please take it into consideration when you draw your own conclusions. I'm not trying to uh, convince you mm-hmm. of the world being different mm-hmm. than than than. Uh, what you have previously thought. And uh, <clears throat> that means that when I give a presentation on any kind of a topic, and I do a really, really w- wide variety of topics, um, <clears throat> um, I get to focus on delivering what no one else, uh, on, on trying to find something that no one else has said previously. My... Uh, well, the the presentation briefs that we go through with clients before the uh, uh, presentation, they're they're quite often they're quite the same. Which means that that Petri, can you come take a look at this thing of ours uh, uh, with an out- outsider's view, um, and then uh, bring it into a broader context. And then try to find something that, at, at least something that no one else has said previously. And I have to say, it's 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 really really rewarding. I mean, to 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 be able to concentrate on bringing something new mm. into the uh, into the event that 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 the people are, are attending. So that's what it's really about. Mm. Yeah, it's very interesting because, as you say, you are not you are not trying to change people's minds necessarily, but adding. A new perspective, your own perspective, yes. uh, to to topics that are, but many people are already talking about that. But bringing that new perspective, or you can think in a different way, draw your own conclusions, of course. So. And so, uh, so, so the basic idea behind it is is that that I'm not, uh, I'm not trying to speak the truth 
mm-hmm. I'm trying to speak some truths. Mm. It's a plural. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Well, as I said, you are nowadays a very popular public speaker here in Finland. But actually, the only opportunity that I have to see you has been in a TEDx talk you had a couple of years ago in TEDx Turku. I like very much that that talk. Could you tell us a bit about this particular experience? Well, yes. The uh, <clears throat> the the memory of the uh, of the two thousand and I believe twelve or thirteen. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was it was two thousand thirteen Turku TEDx event. Uh, it's very dear to me because that's more or less where it all started. I had um, uh, I had hopped off from my work um, on uh, to be on paternity leave uh, with my the, uh, with my then uh, yeah eighteen uh, uh, month old uh, baby girl and. Uh, <clears throat> I was sort of contemplating on the idea that that may, maybe I should go pro, uh, and then came the uh, um, opportunity that uh, the organizers uh, put up a uh, um, a casting competition for that, that that you could apply to the Turku uh, TEDx, and I did that, and I did, and I did it. Uh, I really concentrated on it. Uh, And I tried my best, and I and I was accepted to be uh, to, to perform at, at, at the Turku TEDx, um, and I saw it as a, a trial by fire uh, for, <laughs> for me uh, because uh, it's a huge difference when you and and this is what what uh, what I feel that your listeners uh, should take into account is that that. As a public speaker, it's a huge difference if you speak as an organization representative, as I had done previously in my life. Mm-hmm. The Turku TEDx is the first ever thing that I've done as myself. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have anything written before. Uh, sorry, after my name in in the program, it was just Petri Rajaniemi, and nothing else. Which means everything that you say, everything that you do, you're solely accountable for it. Mm-hmm. You don't have an organization that 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 will save you. <laughs> you don't have you don't have an 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 company that gives you an excuse to say what you say. Everything that you say, you're accountable for yourself. And realizing that, three minutes before going up on stage, <laughs> it's it's a rather demanding. Uh, place to be. I was re- breathing heavy into a brown paper bag. I thought I was going to faint on stage or throw up <laughs> or whatever. Uh, and 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 when all of these realizations ca- come back to back, like it's the TED, the TED. I mean, it, even though it has the X after it, mm-hmm. it is the TED. And the video that that they're going to make is going to go up up on the the TED YouTube mm-hmm. channel. So what you can really see on that tape is is uh, is my extreme uh, uh, nervousness on uh, on giving my uh, first first ever 
recorded public uh, presentation as myself. I'll never ever forget the uh, the, the TEDx. Uh, it is somewhat uh, of a source of embarrassment for me, uh, but that's just my part. I I, uh, I know some people like the video, but but for me, because the um, the nervousness is so apparent, I I it, it's semi painful for me to watch it, <laughs> uh, uh, and especially because when you get nervous, the uh, um, the first thing that you lose is your uh, is your ability to humor people. It's like you you instantly cease being funny yeah. uh, because you're nervous. You cannot be funny when you're nervous, or you can, but it's really embarrassing if you if you're funny as, when you're nervous. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and since for me the uh, the uh, the use of of uh, Humor, say sarcasm or, or irony, mm-hmm. uh, not, not and not using irony as a top-down tool, yeah. but as a bottom-up kind of tool. Uh, it's really important because it's it's the way I am. It's it's not a it's not a trick. It's not a uh, tool that you use. It's it's what you actually think when you look at things and you, and you see the the some humorous side in them. It's uh, I find it irresist- irresistible not to say it <laughs> if I if I see something funny uh, in something uh, just out of the uh, out of the realization that that if I see something funny in something that people perceive as as being really serious, then probably someone else sees it as well, and when you say it out loud, then out comes a unifying experience of, of seeing a serious matter in a new light and that as an as an uh, as an experience for the audience it's, it's it's a gift that you can give like like in these turbulent times that we live in now where where the uh, where everywhere in the world fear is is, is the uh, it's the most sold commodity uh, in, in the field of communication uh, if you can add something to that, if you can ease any of that fear, it's a gift. And, and, and the way you can do that, most of all, is through humor. And I don't mean it just as a, as a uh, sort of a stand-up comedy kind of humor uh, where, they, where, they, where they do uh, humor, quote, professionally, which means that... that that those are the kind of guys who you would think are funny always, no matter what the situation is, which is important, of course. But what I mean is, is that that the, uh, in heavy quotation marks, uh, the everyday kind of guy is also able to see humor in in just the job, in 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 just the news, uh, in in being up on stage in every audience uh, I feel it's it's actually I don't even know if it's important to the audience but it's important to me because that that's the way I like to interact with people uh, personally or professionally it's just the way I go about my business and uh, 
I wouldn't know how to be mm-hmm. any different. And I guess, I guess, I guess it's it's basically it's it's some of the stuff that has been revealed after the uh, removal of the black paints. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can I can imagine it's it's part of your uh, your style, your ethos, and and part of your success. Huh? Mm. Could you now share with us your favorite quotation? I'm not really that good with quotations. I <clears throat> exactly a year ago I I gave a presentation at the uh, Helsinki Music Center at the at, at, at an specially organized one-time event called Tomorrow, and uh, um, where I get to sh- share the stage with Nassim Nicholas Taleb, which was a big thing for me. Uh, uh, he spoke a few minutes before me, and, and then I went I went up on stage, and I was supposed to talk on the topic that was given to me. It wasn't my topic. It was, uh, and, and I, I have to say, I, I love these gigs when, where you're given a topic and, and then you're supposed to give your interpretation of what it means. Mm-hmm. And I was given the topic of radical optimism. And the first slide I, ha- I had in it was a, uh, was a beautiful sunset with, with jumping dolphins. Uh, and I had the uh, brackets on it that, and that said that Add your inspirational quote here. Add name of guru here. I'm really not that much into uh, <laughs> uh, in, into the whole inspirational quotation uh, kind of way of seeing the world, but I do have one. But I don't. I, I'm uh, I'm not sure I have the because I don't have it translated in English. But I know that if I was ever to get a tattoo again. Uh, it would probably be the one that I would get. It's uh, from the Danish um, philosopher, very famous Danish philosopher, uh, Søren Kierkegaard, uh, who said, as my translation goes, uh, the idea behind it is that um, I had I not been destroyed, I would have been destroyed. It's a really, really important uh, idea for me, and uh, if you allow me to elaborate on that, sure, sure, please. Uh, <clears throat> the way I see, it's not. Uh, I'm uh, the the quotation is about life itself. I mean, it's the the the, the entity of life as I see it, and as I, as I see my own story, as I see my own being, it's it's more or less connected to that to that Danish quotation. Uh, but professionally, the I see it so that that when um, when you look into the uh, meaning of words and you come up with charisma uh, and and charisma as a as an uh, quality for a speaker, it's the so-called X factor, which means that when when someone speaks or sings or or does anything publicly, it's the uh, <clears throat> it's the kind of a of an attraction to someone that you can't really pinpoint. It's just that that you get the sense of charisma mm. on that speaker. And the way I see it, charisma is born out of uh, self confidence, uh, and and uh, self confidence is born out of self knowledge. And self-knowledge can only be born out um, of uh, living life 
that you've experienced a lot of hard things, both personally and professionally. And um, if through that process you're able to learn to see yourself as an ordinary helpless human being, then you're able to see other people as people, you're able to talk to them as people, as equals. Mm. Um, and then you can connect, and the connection is effectivity, and it brings the results when you want to make people see what you see and understand what you feel that you understand. And that's the whole idea behind the quotation. It's like accepting the so-called lemons that, mm -hmm. that life life gives you, and not just as an as an learning experience on not on on what not to do, or what to do in the future, but most of all, as a way of of appreciating life and the colors in the painting mm -hmm. that you see. Uh, and that's what the quotation is about, and and that's what what I've felt is important, and um, and that's as I said, that's the way I go about my world. Yeah, it's very very consistent what you have been saying. Very very deep quote. Thanks. Could you now recommend us one book or a good read that has recently inspired you and is a good recommendation for us? Again, this is a somewhat of a, of a so source of shame or at least embarrassment for me because uh, probably the 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 thing that uh, well, I mean, I mean, the fact that I'm not really big on the quotation things. It's due to the fact that I'm not really big on the business books uh, scene, which means I, I don't I don't have a pile of books on my mm -hmm. night uh, nightstand. Um, I have three kids under the age of seven. Uh, in 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 all re in all reality, I have a lot more important things to do than to uh, spend my time <laughs> reading on theory when uh, the three small things sort of <laughs> teach me in practice at, oh, at, yes. at, 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 all the time. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I believe I'm. Uh, um, I'll read again when I'm that age, which means when I have when I have the time. <laughs> uh, but the uh, though I have to admit, uh, I did. Uh, I know it's a it's a cliche, but I did particularly enjoy Walter Isaacson's uh, biography on Steve Jobs, uh, and that's a different thing to say that I enjoyed the book than to say that I enjoyed Steve jobs mm -hmm. in the book uh, I thought it was a very well written uh, book it it uh, it brought out the uh, the contradiction within the figure of of, uh, of Steve Jobs it, it didn't take any stand on whether uh, Steve Jobs's peculiarity was a good thing or a bad thing uh, it may it's sort of like if you were able to read that book without the worship Mm -hmm. That that Steve that Steve obviously deserves, but still, uh, if you were able to read the book without the, the worship, uh, you could really. I mean, you didn't even you didn't even have to read between the lines. It was on the book, uh, the the paradox and the contradiction within the within the person 
And I found that very, very fascinating because, uh, again, it showed the colors uh, that that you mm-hmm. get. You don't you don't have definite tr- truths or, or, or definite black and white in, in anything, but it's really a matter of of of, of, uh, <laughs> of, of shades of gray. And it, the, and the, up up until uh, all the way up to the uh, cover of the book, it's just about shades of gray. Yeah, well, I, I definitely agree with what you say. Also, it's a it's a great book, and as, as you say, this shade of gray is a, a key things how you how you can see your life and other others' mm. life. Finally, could you share with us an exercise, something practical that you recommend us doing daily, or weekly, as a routine to shine? <clears throat> Do I have any practice of my own? Well, yes, uh, my practice is practice. It's uh, um, and I I I find it rather funny that that a lot of people who do uh, speaking publicly or 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 semi-professionally, which means uh, as a part of their their job in some sure. other some some other organization uh, i find it strange that they sort of that people often tend to think that that uh practicing would be a sign of weakness like if you have the idea that that i'm so good that i don't have to practice mm. yes i do i have to i have to practice a lot and i do uh <laughs> Like uh, uh, if I have a really really big gig coming up, like for example the uh, mm-hmm. the, the the tomorrow thing that I mentioned, um, I practiced that for days. I, I believe I did something like twenty five runs before going up on stage. As I said, it, it it was a new topic that was given to me, which means I had no existing routine for it. Mm, yes. So I so I had to do I had to build the routine for it before the 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 opening night so so to speak. I did the uh, I did many small but I did many audiences and the most demanding ones I I presented it to my uh, mother-in-law. She listened to my uh um presentation. Uh shall we say she gave feedback on it and I <laughs> and I learned learned from it. Uh I'm not saying that that definitely not that that practice makes perfect, but it's a good saying because it uh, uh, it, it it gives you a sense of what it's really about. You have you have to do the work, uh, and you have and and in doing that, you have to accept the fact that you have to do the work. It's it's not like uh, it, it's not a. Um, it must not be an unpleasant thing for you to practice. You have to love mm. when you love going up on stage. You have to lo- love the process that leads up exactly. to the uh, moment when you go up on stage. Uh, another thing that that uh, as a practice, I mean, uh, as a thing that you do, uh, going up on stage and giving the presentation. Uh, another thing. Another practical thing that I, I would like to share with the with, with your listeners is that that you know the saying when um, uh, when someone is uh, nervous giving a presentation uh, that they often get 
said that you should imagine the the audience naked. Mm. Um, the idea uh, is <clears throat> well for me. The idea is not that that you should obviously that that you should imagine uh, the the audience as naked, uh, but to um, imagine them as human beings, which means uh, what you should really be able to see uh, is the people behind the image that they're, that they're trying to portray. When people come up to uh, seminars or events of any kind, they put up a role, they put up a, a, a sort of a suit of armor and they come into the audience and they sit there and they want to um, express the professional me. Uh, sure, you could you could address the the, the professional facade of anyone mm-hmm. uh, uh, putting up an image, but if if you if you're looking for impact, if you're looking for a way to really connect with your audience, you don't have to see the audience. Uh, being naked, but you, if you want to see them as human beings, you can imagine your audience being frust- uh, being frustrated in their relationships, uh, uh, themselves throwing a fit in the morning, trying to get their kids to daycare on the, on time, loving their kids really, or or, or feeding their elderly parents, taking mm-hmm. care of of, uh, of their loved ones. And if you're able to see this in the first row or the second row, the the, the guy in the in the Italian suit, the CEO of a some some big company somewhere, and if you're ima- if you're able to imagine to see him or her feeding their elderly parents, wiping the food off the sides of their mouths. If you can imagine that, then you can actually see them as human beings, and then you can address them as human beings. And that's the way you connect. That's the way you can really, really reach them uh, and make the impact on what it, on, on what it is that you're trying to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very great point. How you, you imagine your audience as how they are uh, in real life themselves. And it's uh, it, it's really about the uh, what it what it is that you're up there to do, because uh, one that that I, I know this is my perception. I'm trying to generalize here, but but uh, one thing that I sort of keep on wondering is that that um, that I would so wish that more and more speakers would uh, face the fact that being up on stage and speaking to people is not about you. Mm. It's it's not the thing. You're not there to prove anything about yourselves. Sure, sure. You're up there <clears throat> to enable the audience to see some of the things that you see. Mm. Uh, and and um, it is a profession of service. Yeah, That's, it is. That's that's what you're really about. You're 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 there. Uh, I mean, 
um, as the saying goes, uh, um, 30 is the new 20 and, and 40 is the new 30 <laughs> in, in reference to, to a person's age. Um, that means that, that uh, in, in the past people used to say that in, around, the, around the age of 30 people begin to contemplate on the meaning of life and so on. As 40 is the new 30, then, <laughs> then I, I, I reserve that right to myself at this age. Uh, I'm, for, I'm 42 now. Uh, and the way I see it uh, is that, that if, if uh, the way I've been contemplating on, on the so-called meaning of life is that, that in the end, what's really left of you um, are basically just markings on other people. And in this profession, you get to make a lot of them. Not big. It's not, uh, I mean, the closer you are to the people that you leave markings on, the deeper the markings are. Mm -hmm. and, and, and incidentally, the more responsibility you have on the quality of the markings that you leave. But being up on stage, speaking to thousands and thousands of people, you get to leave a lot of small marks. And... Um, that's the impact that you have. And what I'm trying to say here is that, that you should use it wisely. Because mm -hmm. that's what's left of you uh, at the end. Well, thanks a lot. Uh, Petri, it was a fantastic interview with you. I like well, all the other things that you have told us. How was your journey to become a speaker and you in the journey you are there? And about unlearning. Many very interesting things. Thanks a lot for that. Finally, could you tell us how we can learn more about you, follow you? What are, what are the best ways for that? Well, you can always follow me on Twitter. Twitter, great. Uh, uh, I'm not very active there. I, I mostly tweet in Finnish. Uh, on my agenda for this year, I'll be going international this year. So uh, I have my first European gigs. Um, uh, so it's uh, possible to uh, <laughs> to feast upon Rajaniemi internationally now. Uh, <clears throat> so um, I hope in the future I hope to be in a city near you. All right, sounds great. So everybody, be prepared for that. <laughs> Thank you very much again, Petri. I wish you all the best. Thank you. As I said, it, it, it was truly an honor and I, I definitely wish all the best to all the listeners there. And I, what I want you to remember, as I said in the end, you're doing an important job. Thanks. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Did you like it? Please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Stitcher, or visit us at timetoshinepodcast.com. Until next time, 